Therein lies the, the value, the huge value, in my opinion, of having people around you to bounce ideas off of, to talk you off the ledge at times, and to tell you it's going to be okay. Because uh, sometimes that's what you need to hear from somebody that you trust. Welcome back to the Clinical Athlete Podcast. If you're not familiar with Clinical Athlete, we're a network of healthcare providers, students and coaches who specialize in the management of athletes. We have two missions. The first mission is to connect athletes with professionals who they can trust. And our second mission is to create a community and foster the education of those professionals and future professionals in the realm of athlete health and performance. This podcast is one way that we fulfill those missions, and if you're one of our six listeners who enjoy the show, do us a favor and give it a rating on your favorite podcast platform. In fact, you can do that right now. Pause the show, scroll down, click the five-star review. You can even leave a little, uh, a nice little comment there, and, and that's helpful as well. Uh, and It just really helps us to get the information uh, out to the masses and your duty to Clinical Athlete will be fulfilled. To learn more about Clinical Athlete, you can head on over to the website, clinicalathlete.com. Join the free Kalu Community Facebook group where the Clinical Athlete and the Level Up Initiative communities have combined to form an amazing group with several different types of learning opportunities. We do journal clubs and case studies and student calls, all sorts of things. You can join the Kalu Community Facebook group by clicking the link in the show notes. My name is Quinn Hennick. I'm a doctor of physical therapy in Orange County, California at Clinical Athlete Newport. On this show, we are joined by co-hosts Jared Maynard and John Flagg. Jared is a clinical athlete provider and a physiotherapist in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, and is an online powerlifting coach. And John is a clinical athlete provider and certified athletic trainer, an online powerlifting, weightlifting, and strongman coach, and the lead instructor of the clinical athlete powerlifting certification. We are bringing you back the Coach's Corner. In these Coach's Corner episodes, John, Jared, and I discuss the real-life cases, the nuts and bolts of coaching and training. And in this particular episode, Jared shares with us how he's been managing a back and hip injury that significantly affected his ability to squat and deadlift, and how, with the help of his powerlifting coach and John, they were all able to come up with a plan to get the train back on the tracks. So if you're a clinician, a coach, or an athlete who's had to manage injuries, be them uh, your own injuries or those of your athletes, this episode is for you. We hope you enjoy. So Coach's Corner, we did this we did this before we did it last year and it was fun because we did it live in front of a live zoom audience and uh we'll do that again but we thought we'd hop on the mic and just talk about our training because last coach's corner series if you if listeners remember we broke it up into three separate shows but we talked about a case an athlete that we were working with and all three of us went through a case with, with a particular athlete but this time we're going to talk about our own training so we'll be the case and it'll get be a little Good introspection for us as both clinician, coach, and athlete, and uh, hopefully helpful helpful for for our six listeners. So, uh, Jared has drawn the short or the long straw, depending on what type of person you're in. But Jared's going to go first. And uh, Jared, what's what's training been like for you currently? What are you doing? What's working? What's not? Anything that you're dealing with? Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. 
It is, <laughs> it's, it's a lot better now than it used to be because for actually, before I get into the details here, shameless plug for anybody who hasn't, but John's laughing. He knows where I'm going with this because it's actually pretty brilliant. Uh, anybody who hasn't bought the clinical athlete powerlifting certification, a, you should do that because it's awesome. And John has worked his butt off to make it that way. Second, we've also added a bunch of content around programming and the most recent edition, not the last, but the most recent is a case study and it's, it's me and it's relevant because John helped me out when, when I hurt myself back in November ish, which I'll get into in a second. But all that to say, as people listen to this, if this sounds interesting, and if you've been kind of thinking about the CPC, if you didn't have enough reason to buy the damn thing already, like maybe go do that now. Cause there's, there's lots of good stuff and there'll be more. I also and didn't tell him that was going to be his case. He didn't. Study. It was brilliant. I was just <laughs> like, Oh, we're going to talk about low back pain today. And look, it's Jared. It was even better because I, I was freshly into using two screens for work and this is on my big screen. So John's controlling the slides. It's like, and here we go. And it's just my fat face staring at me. I'm like, Oh, you son of a bitch. Here we are. So anyway, Back to your question, Quinn. Training's a lot better now um, compared to how it was back in November. Because what had happened was I was pulling a, a deadlift. It was a sumo pull. It's like 425. It wasn't anything super crazy. It was heavy enough, um, working on hook grip. And I've hurt my back in the past, I've had little strains and stuff like that. And I pulled two singles at 425. The first one wasn't too bad. The second one got in front of me too far and then felt a little, little pop in my left low back, put it down. It just felt like it felt before just the strain. I'm like, son of a gun. All right, here we go. Tried pulling, pulling again. I lowered the weight. It just wasn't happening too apprehensive off the floor. So I moved on. I had some wide stance, low bar pin squats, uh, after that in the workout. So I did that also pretty heavy and it was the last rep last set. I was pushing hard a lot of extension in the back to, to get them up off the pins, more of a strain and left low back and my left hip. Um, so it got worse there. So pretty, pretty frustrated, pretty pissed off at the time. And it's not the first time that I've been in a situation like that. I mean, you know, cause you helped me get around or get through uh, a few of them actually. So started to simmer down and touch base with my coach. And at the, I was really wanting a bit of extra help. So reached out to, to John. And so what he did was he sat down with me, hopped on a call, just, he got the whole download of the story. And then he sat down with my coach and the two of them put together a plan, which was really helpful for me because I trust my coach, love the guy, been working with him for years and, and he does fantastic work having the additional help of John as a lifter, as a coach, as a rehab provider gave me that additional assurance that the plan or sorry, one thing I forgot is that both of these guys know me very well. They know my tendencies, they know where I get in my head and get in my own way. So that led to my assurance that if they're calling the shots, all I had to do was just show up and do the damn thing. But I knew it was going to fit more appropriately in terms of the time that I had available energy and it would just be a it would hedge our bets towards being right in the moment and then setting me up for 
for wins down the road. And uh, to make a, a longer story a little shorter, like it's it's been going really well. So I couldn't pull off the floor off the hop. Um, worked our way back on the floor and routinely pulling. I think I pulled four or five uh, not too long ago for a single. So still some work to do, but in with the with pardon me back within the ballpark of where I was before. Squats are coming along too. Squats have taken the the longest to get comfortable coming out of the hole, just because my hip hasn't loved that entirely. It's been about building up confidence again, taking the opportunity to try to really get my bench to not be bad, and it's it's coming along. There have been some improvements, which is nice, and uh, yeah, just probably the best thing about training right now is that it's it's more fun. Um, I'm not as worried about things, and uh, I get in and get it done more focused during the sessions. I'm not getting as distracted because I'm letting myself procrastinate because I don't want to hurt myself, which is what was going on before. And because I'm more focused and enjoying training, that's bleeding over into other aspects of, of work and, and life. So yeah, man, on the upswing and happy to say it. Jared, you mind if I add a little context to this? No, not at all. Listeners. So one of the things uh, his coach and I had a, a really in-depth conversation about because we do know Jared very well. And it was kind of funny where we're having a, this conversation and I'll say, Hey, does he do this? And he's like, yeah. And was, hey, so does he do this too? Oh yeah, that's him. Okay, cool. Yep. One of the biggest keys that we made was actually making everything simpler, just taking away any fluff, taking away any, and I'm not going to say unnecessary, but things that cause Jared stress. So we reevaluated goals. We had conversations and these weren't easy conversations, but we had talks about like at the time you were really trying to nail down some nutritional stuff. And is that right now the best time to, to make that another stressor? No, let's just keep it simple. Let's just stabilize here. Let's get these things to just sit at homeostasis. Don't mess with them. And let's get this right first. And what most people do, and you know, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. And I think people mis misunderstand when I say like make an injury opportunity. They try to do all this other ancillary shit mm-hmm. and and complicate those things because they can't they can't get whatever it is that they're trying to get out of lifting. Just make it simpler so you can get that bad boy back. And that's one of the biggest things we did with Jared. In my personal opinion, I think it's it's carried over to other things and uh, and kept him living a little simpler, I'll say. Just to, to confirm that, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I do think it's carried over into other things, into, into the work that I'm doing to scale up Unbreakable Strength, um, the work that I'm doing as part of Clinical Athlete, <clears throat> just – even even how I'm managing my overarching schedule um, and how I'm planning stuff, I'm just a lot more cognizant of my tendency to overthink things and overcomplicate things. And part of my system to check myself is like, is A, is that necessary? B, is that is it the right time? And having a, a clearer picture of priorities and goals for my training, for work, for my family time, it really helps me to go through that that quick checklist more easily and be able to say, I can compromise here. It's not a big deal. 
And maybe on another thing, be like, no, no, it has to be done this way because of X, Y, Z. And then maybe I just allocate more time or just plan more appropriately for it. So it's been the same old thing that we've talked about, Lord knows how many times, but huge learning opportunity for me. Uh, John can attest that was not, not particularly happy when it happened. I was in a pretty rough headspace, but therein lies the, the value, the huge value, in my opinion, of having people around you to, uh, to bounce ideas off of, to talk you off the ledge at times and to tell you it's going to be okay. Because uh, sometimes that's what you need to hear from somebody that you trust. Hey guys, Quinn Hennick here. Here's your brain break from our Coach's Corner talk with Jared about his back injury. Just so you don't forget, if you haven't already, go to the link in the show notes, join the Calu Community Facebook group, read the pinned announcement, introduce yourself, read the units that we've compiled for you with the Calu mission and some Calu starter pack materials, including must listen to podcasts and must read papers. Also, if you're interested in the online clinical athlete powerlifting certification that John has created, you can check out the link in the show notes. In my biased opinion, this is there's nothing quite like it out there uh, in terms of managing the reconditioning and performance training for the powerlifting athlete. You can find the link in the show notes. And now, back to the show. He also thought we were crazy because there's like two days of his week, there were only three exercises. And the other two, there were only four. And he's like, what the hell? It's like, yeah, stop just adding a whole bunch of stuff because you felt like you didn't do enough. And Quinn, with weightlifters, I find with weightlifters anyway, because the movements are so much more dynamic, that's an even like bigger conversation of like, just keep it simple. Well, coach, I can't can't squat right now. So I got to do all the quad work on eight different machines or – all this other stuff just to get the stimulus in. It's like, how about you just chill out for a second? (laughs) So that's what I was going to ask, like um, from a, from a programming standpoint specifically, were there things that one sounds like just trimming the fat, uh, trimming down the amount of exercises um, Were there changes in frequency too? like were you training less days? I think I'm still training four. So that was the usual frequency. But there was a change in frequency of lifts, right, John? Yeah, we we you were already deadlifting, I believe, twice a week. Yeah. At the time, and I believe squatting three times. Am I yeah. Correct on that. So we dropped squat down a day. We kept deadlift twice, but both of them were variations, mostly off blocks, just trying to stay within tolerable level. And then we upped his bench frequent. We he was basically benching every day. Yeah. And like especially for me bench already recovers really fast. You're not going to be as taxed from the other two days. So you have all these resources we can just dump into bench press. Why not? Like, let's, let's push that. Let's give you something to work for. Let's, it's like putting a carrot in front of a horse, right? Like let's, let's give him more of something. So he still feels like he's training and then really kind of stick to what he can tolerate on the other ones. And squat was in his head. Like Jared, would you agree? Like squat was burrowed in there a little bit, even though in deadlift was a harder one. In what sense? In in terms of like apprehension around it? Not necessarily apprehension around it, but like you really wanted to push that lift. If there was one that you were going to like go rogue on, it was probably. Squat. <laughs> okay. So I would agree in that I didn't, I didn't want to let go of it 
I really didn't, but that also hurt like a son of a gun coming out of the hole. So once we found the variations that were better, then, then yeah, maybe I'd agree. Like that would be where I would push it. Although I think it's flipped now. I think I'd, if I were to go rope right now, it would be on, on deadlift. Oh, you take a heavy single in a heartbeat right now. I know you would. 100%. 100%. I know you would. I'm not going to, but I would. Is that so another question, Quinn? Yeah. No, I, that's one of the arguments maybe for over time increasing volume and frequency other than the obvious, like do more over time for progressive overload. But in the, in the instance when you get injured and you have to pull back, you are already doing a good bit, a good amount of stuff. So now when you pull back, it's not like you're training. It's not like you're not training that much and you're like, Oh, I'm now only squatting twice a week. I'm still deadlifting twice a week, you know? So you build up that, that fitness and that, that volume to tolerance. And when you're injured, it's not like you, all of a sudden your fitness, your capacity for the sport just disappears. No, that you, it's just that that's, that's a constraint that's there, but your fitness to just tolerate like your work capacity is still in there. Your, the pain affects your ability to tap into the full bucket, but you have something to fall back on. Whereas if you're super low volume, super low frequency, very hyper specific, if something goes awry, you're, you're going to be detrained across the board because now you can't even do the thing that you do most of the time. Um, so just some kind of an argument that from a timing perspective, it, I think it maybe helped you that you were, you know, higher frequency with the core lifts. I, I think so too. And <clears throat> excuse me, it reminds me, yeah, it, it just sounds like putting yourself in a position to have a place to go in whatever direction that ends up being. And that's the same sort of conversation that we have around nutrition. Like people want to, if they want to diet or lose weight, a tendency among a lot of people, myself included, has been or is to just like do all the things like super steep caloric deficit, add all the cardio. And maybe that's great for like the initial couple of weeks as you see that drop but then where does that leave you? You don't have a lot of options. So I do think that that over time, if you can position yourself to, to have options, whether you got to pull back and if not be that bad, or maybe you pick a point in time where you're trying to push a certain lift or overreach a little bit, you can add a little something to it and you're not going to already be, be redlining and then die instantly under the bar. Explosions. Explosions. Mm-hmm. Explosions. Um, cool. So do you feel like, is your, is your training right now, like pretty normal other than just, you know, being cognizant of, of not doing anything, you know, stupid, but like it, it is your, your training looks pretty much like normal. Like you're kind of back on track and, and, you know, still head in the right direction. More or less. Only difference being that one of my squat days is still to, it still has somewhat limited range of motion. So how, I'm how are you doing, are pin to pins or to box? Uh, this one, the first one is to a, to a box or my, one of my benches. So I'm squatting three times a week now. Um, the first day is a safety squat to the bench and that's loaded a little bit heavier. <clears throat> and that bench just helps me to, to keep that hip feeling a bit more comfortable. Cause if it is going to hurt, it's right out of the hole um, and slightly wider stances and really applying that lateral force to spread the floor. That'll tend to do it if I'm not too careful, but this is good for me to build up that confidence. The third, 
my second training day, I've got high bar beltless squats. That's full depth working on positioning and I'm able to get full range and feel pretty good with that. And then the third squat is my last training day. That's low bar squats. Um, Austin, my coach, he had that be, uh, timed and John, I'm not sure you, you may have had input on this too, but when we were starting to get back into that, it was time limited, um, or timed rest. So I had to do doubles with like 35 second rest, which was great for me because it just allowed or prevented me from just procrastinating a whole bunch. That and then making we, less. Yes, exactly. And so there's a theme here if anyone's not picked up on it yet. Um, so we've built that up. So now I'm hitting uh, doubles, double anywhere from two to four, actually, um, like in the, the low to mid 200s, which isn't close to my top end, historically speaking, but it's still something. I'm getting, a, getting a, the scabbing on my back again from the bar digging into the skin, which sounds weird to the uninitiated, but it feels good because it, it hasn't been there in a while. And deadlifts are, are, are there still modifications to your deadlift workouts or are those more or less normal? More or less normal. I was doing more, uh, hold on. I'm pulling tw- once a week right now. So before it was pulling twice, but the day that I am pulling, it is heavier. So that's sumo. It's off the floor. There's some work. There's some hook grip work. There's some with straps. And I imagine at some point we'll probably add in a, a second pulling day. I'm not in any rush to do it just because the big focus is getting squat to be back where we want it to be roughly. But yeah, I'm, I'm routinely pulling anywhere from three to five in the, the high threes. I was touching four Oh five, not too long ago for, I think a single. So it's, it's feeling good. Now it's just a, a matter of really dialing in the position with, with hook grip. Cause I'm used to the bar sitting lower in my fingers. So it doesn't seem like much, but that extra little bit that I have to travel down to the bar. It's a good challenge to get into and stay in position off the floor. Why did you switch to hook grip in the first place? It was one thing that it was something that I thought I should start to do. Cause I was starting to have some issues with grip prior to the strain. Um, and so I thought if grip's the limiting factor, probably a good idea to start messing with hook. Cause I was pulling mixed grip and I have done that for a long time. So this is just an opportunity now to practice hook if I have to stay in the, the relatively lower intensities as we build up the tolerance again. Cool. Sweet, yeah. man. I'm glad you're feeling good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. I would just go wait for the meets to come back and you're going to be kicking ass. I'm excited, man. I'll be ready. Jared, where can people find you? Yeah, Instagram's the the best bet, jared.unbreakablestrength, or fire off an email, jared at clinicalathlete.com. And always always encouraging of people to, to reach out. Love love chatting with people. And we could just fanboy over John's beard and man bun. Like that's that's a favorite pastime of mine. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that Coach's Corner episode. We'll have more of those coming your way in the near future. And of course, thank you to my homies, Jared Maynard and John Flagg, for steering the ship alongside me. And thank you, the clinical athletic community, all six of you, for joining us on this journey of knowledge and improved practice in both the gym and clinic. And one more time, 
Go to the link in the show notes. Join the Kalu community Facebook group. That's C-A-L-U. Read the pin announcement. Introduce yourself. Take advantage of all of the brain gains that that group has to offer. And check out the online clinical athlete powerlifting certification. All those things can be found in the show notes. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.